1: Welcome everybody into another edition of the Nice Job Podcast. So glad that you are here. It's actually our season three finale. We made it 75 episodes and we want to do something a bit special for this one. So we went into the Wayback Machine and found our guest from episode one. And I invite you to go back to listen to that episode because it was really kind of a time capsule, a moment in time, which we'll get into a bit more. But I also want to warn you, if you go back to Season 1, Episode 1, it is a much different show. We were doing it live. We were still trying to find our legs here. So I thank you. If you've listened to all 75 episodes, I thank you because you know (laughs) from Episode 1 to now, we've grown a lot. And I hope you've grown a lot as well. That's the whole reason we're doing this podcast, so you can be a better person and a better business owner. And part of the way that we are able to do that, to kind of make that promise with you that we're going to help you be a better business owner and a better person is to bring on guests and experts and overall genuinely good people to help you out and hear their story. So, I welcome back to the Nice Job Podcast, Scott Behrman, he's a business owner, he's a great guy, and he is back again in the guest chair. Scott, thank you so much for coming back on the Nice Job Podcast. Well,
2: Thank you, Sean, I appreciate you asking me to come back out and I'm looking forward to speaking with you again.
1: And the idea to invite you back on was a little bit twofold. One, I really enjoyed our conversation the first time. I really felt that no matter what kind of topic I threw you your way, that you'd be able to give some good insight and give some good advice in that regard. But I also look back at that first episode, and it was a, I said like a time capsule for us here on the show because it was our, our kind of initial going, where you know, our pilot trying to figure it out. But we recorded that episode on April sixteenth of twenty twenty. And when you say any date in that early part of 2020, everyone goes, whoa, that far back. And our episode actually revolved around, we titled it Thriving in Survival Mode. And at that point, you know, things, I looked back through a couple of the notes um, where you were in Illinois, you know, just got stay, shelter in place orders. They just extended it a bit more. And no one kind of knew that it would kind of take on the life that it did. However, in looking through the notes, I noticed that you were kind of saying, hey, we had to prepare for this for 30 days (laughs) or however long it continues to go. So in that sort of mindset, I I don't know if you can really put yourself back at at April. When you look at that person in April, do you kind of like, how how do you almost think of that moment? You're like, man, like you had no idea what was going to happen. Like you thought you knew and you didn't, or do you kind of. Maybe me get a little bit of pride because I kind of felt pride in you, Scott, because it felt like you were as prepared as you could be for something so unexpected. How do you think back to that time?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for some reason, uh, I was just in a, like a good mental state. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously looking at, uh, a time where I had no idea, I mean, nobody did, right? Nobody knew how their life was going to play out or how their business was going to play out. Um, yeah, I think I just had faith to believe that, okay, uh, this is something that's hasn't come our way before, but it's happened in the past. I mean, way back in the past. And other businesses, knowing what I've known through reading, have survived and thrived uh, during downturns and during chaos in the world and, and different events. So, yeah, I think I was just for some reason just felt like, yeah I was really mentally prepared for that time
1: is there anything that you think went even better than you expected uh given over the past you know two years or a year and a half or things like that right like something where you're like you know what I felt we're kind of go roll uh, roll right along you talked about you know the uh the strength of business owners and kind of as you said this has happened before there's been tough times mm-hmm. people have gotten through was there anything that you maybe felt a little confident about You are like, man, like that, like really worked out. Perhaps it was the, the strength of your team. Perhaps it was, you know, your financial planning or anything <laughs> like that. Does anything stick out to mind that going, you know what, like I was a little confident, but man, did that really show up for me tenfold?
2: Yeah. Nothing like, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is like being here now, realizing the resiliency of my business. Uh, and not everybody's business is the same. Right. But, um, I think it's, Twofold, one of the benefits that I have uh, being in Chicago uh, is just the amount of customers that we have available to us. Um, Now, we do B2B subscription window cleaning, and a lot of our clients were under the same orders that we were under. They shut down. They couldn't let people into their businesses, so they were reducing their services. So we essentially went down to zero at one point, like you said earlier, we weren't cleaning windows at all cause we weren't allowed to by the city of Chicago. Um, but it was, I think what surprised me was just the fact that we could get back to where, where we are today. Uh, we're, we're essentially like even to where we were revenue wise. Um, and yeah, and that was just through a lot of perseva- perseverance uh, through our, our, our employees and uh, our staff to be able to weather that storm and to really buckle down and, and focus on the right things. And to me, the right things that I tell everybody <laughs> who works for me is the, the number one thing we need to do is just communicate. If we can communicate with our clients, if we communicate with each other, that'll cover a multitude of sins. <laughs> you can screw up a lot of things. But as long as you communicate, uh, that that will carry you forward. And, and we did that. And I think that was the key to for us to be able to like go to zero and then come back to where we are today.
1: And that's quite a, a journey to have to kind of go all the way back, right? Because if I were to talk to you in a 2019, you know, there's, there's always just the entrepreneurial mindset of like, you know, more ideas, more things. Where can we grow? You know, where should we support? And then all of a sudden as we talk about thriving and survival mode, it's like, let's just keep things going, right? Like, hopefully, we'll get kind of back to that time. As someone that does some B2B stuff, and you might have an interesting perspective of kind of what it's like, I'm sure some of the businesses you serviced are gone, they they, they didn't make it through. As a fellow business owner, uh, you know, how, how does that really kind of Attached to you because I know you as an individual are very caring, kind of across the board. But it has to be difficult in your town where you have a lot of pride to see businesses go down that, without this, probably would have been thriving and having those same ideas we talked about, scaling, second location, things like that. And then now all of a sudden, it's just a part of history. Yeah. Um, was that as difficult for you as I know internally you're worried about your own, you're worried about your own staff, but just seeing kind of your community around also suffering?
2: Yeah, I mean it was for sure. Um... I mean, we also like, so after we talked, we had the shutdown and then, then there was the George Floyd, um, uh, yeah. riots and, uh, we, we were affected in Chicago by that a lot. So there was a lot of, um, uh, looting that happened. so we were just getting right back to starting to clean some of our clients again. And then I remember this vividly, our technicians were out cleaning windows and we'd get a picture, can't, can't clean this location because there's boards on the window. Can't clean this location because there's boards on the window. So I think that part also was just like really, it just makes you aware of the depth of just the impact that COVID had, that just all the things that happened to us as a society Um, yeah. And then being a business owner in that, you have to navigate your own feelings. You have to navigate the feelings of your employees and then also the feelings and and the emotions of your clients that you serve. And I mean, thankfully I can't think, I mean, sure there were businesses that closed that we, that, that we just have on a list. Like we hope they would come back and we don't serve them any longer because they close their doors, but thankfully a lot of the clients that we had for, I mean, we're almost hitting 10 years, uh, are still, we're still cleaning them. So I'm really grateful for that. Really happy for them because they're small business owners. A lot of, a lot of our clients are small business owners and, uh, yeah, I'm sure it wasn't easy for them as well, but, uh, really grateful to like be in it together and then, Come out on hopefully this other side. You know, it's still this tense period and and wondering what the future is going to look like. So that's where we're and
1: at. Really, the sense of community across society and across like business owners was, I think, something that maybe didn't get enough of a spotlight. There was a lot of discourse, there was a lot of yes. unrest, but I've also seen on the other side some great, you know, communal kind of coming together. And It's interesting that as a business owner, sometimes your world, your ecosystem kind of seems like one within the larger run, right? Because you have your own team that's going to have their own feelings on what might be happening outside. And you're trying to motivate them, obviously, kind of through their business, but you also care about them as the individual. So, you know, it's not just about the job they did today. It really is how they're feeling and kind of how they're doing. Did you feel yourself have to even invest a bit more in that over the past little stretch? Because it really feels like the ecosystem outside of your business was even more chaotic. That Did you feel like you ended up being almost more <laughs> father figurey, or or you kind of every so often had to put on a hat of motivating them as people and not necessarily as you know your teammates? Yeah.
2: Well, I think – I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I think I dropped the ball in that area. Like I think I wasn't present okay. enough for – uh, my employees. Uh, looking back on it, I think I was also like shell shocked and uh, like trying to navigate the stress that I was feeling. Right, because when we when we first talked, it was we just started getting into it, so I had no idea how it was going to play out. Uh, and then we got into it, so there was just a lot more stress. And uh, I think I pulled into myself more than reaching out, which looking back, I, the lesson learned, <laughs> um, being where I'm at now. And I don't know if you want to touch on this right now, but the whole idea of the, uh, the great resignation, um, uh, like we're navigating, just trying to find people to work. Um, but being on that si- this side of it, I'm, and then learning what I learned from, you know, a year ago, two years ago, uh, I'm a different person. I've learned my le- I've learned some lessons about investing into my people a little bit more intentionally than than I was uh, during during the pandemic.
1: How did you find a way? To celebrate positives during this whole stretch, right? Because it could come off a little bit shallow in a sense of obviously everything's negative. so We're trying to find a positive, <laughs> but I do know, you know, the uh, good company culture, or you know, a really way to kind of bring community closer is you have to celebrate the things. Yeah. I, I joked about, you know, here on the Nightshot podcast, we celebrate getting to a thousand downloads. It took us longer than it probably should have, but I said, you know, to the people that were guests on our show and things like that, I'm like, hey. We're going to celebrate every milestone along the way. Yeah. And now as we've got a thousand in a month, like, okay, it seemed a little goofy at the time, but it was important for us to do so. And I know it had to be important to celebrate the good that was happening try to balance it out without coming off performative. Uh, how did you approach that? How did you make sure that one telling your team, Hey, it's okay for us to celebrate us having a good day, knowing that people out there across the world are having their worst days. Yeah. How did you navigate being able to celebrate the good and obviously still kind of keep a realistic mindset? Yeah,
2: I think it's the daily, like, trying to stay connected. Um, and we have a funny business is because, especially with COVID, our our window cleaners can come in. They, we use cargo bikes. So they, they get on their cargo bikes and they go out. And sometimes they won't even see – we won't even, like, cross paths just because – so that that is something that we have to be very intentional about is just connecting with um, what as management connecting with our window cleaners and our technicians that go out every day um, you know just asking how are they how are things at home just even just in general not just like work focus but in general yeah and then it is like celebrating together and saying okay like we've we've gone through this hard time Together, and we're still ha- we still have to navigate uh, these different challenges together. So uh, that's the important thing that we continue to try to do, and I and I want to again just get better at it, is just connecting, be, being present, and and being in, uh, invested in each other's. I mean, you don't have to go depths of the personal, (laughs) but we're people. We have families. We have lives outside of work. And work is a piece of our life that should support the other things that we want to see happen in our life. Um, But it's an important piece because you do a lot of – you put in 40 hours a week and it it pays your bills. So navigating that and, like, just being in people's lives and trying to help them navigate – what they're going through as well, you know, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's tricky, but it's fun. I enjoy people. I, I want to see people thrive, not just survive, but I want to see them thrive. So we try to push, push and do that every day.
1: Did you find yourself getting even a little bit more of a boost in celebrating others' positives? Because I, I was talking, uh, you know, in a panel discussion, uh and and one of the other guests on the panel talked about is you know i always would celebrate my team and i always was a big proponent of that and i got a little buzz out of it but over this past year it was just so great to celebrate every sort of thing that i felt like i always say that their wins were my wins but it kind of it felt a little bit more like that did you find that as well that you know as you went all through this together you really got a greater appreciation for that celebrating the positive across the board? Yeah,
2: I wish I could say that. Uh, Like I said, I think, um, and this was just part of, like, even my personal life. I mean, as a business owner, I have four kids. I have a wife. Um, I have different challenges. So I think I kind of just lost my way, to, to be honest with you, during, like, the second half of 2020 and it could have been just fatigue and trying to figure out like what do i want to do where do i want to go like how do we keep moving forward when this feels so hard and um yeah and then feeling like i didn't do the best job of really connecting uh, I know that's probably not, uh, you know, on the, like being on the positive side, but just, just being completely honest, uh, like as a leader of my business, uh, I, I didn't do enough to like keep everybody together and keep everybody focused on the goal and the prize. Um, and yeah, like I said earlier, I would, I learned a lesson and I'm going to do different th- differently going forward.
1: I mean, you you don't need me to tell you this, Scott, but I I think that's okay. And and I I very much appreciate you kind of sharing that than to kind of just roll into the lead and being like, yeah, you know, celebrating all this is great. And and that's what when I listened back to that first episode is I kind of heard you navigating you know, a little of that, because obviously I invite you on the show to kind of talk to other business owners and you had a little bit of like, look, I'm just like, I'm figuring out me here. I'll share my story. Hopefully it helps. Like, like I I could almost feel you uh, in a verbal sense if I would be like, oh, here's our expert, Scott Behrman being like, look, not the expert. I'm a guy doing it, trying my best, willing to share my story. Uh, And we were very appreciative of that. So given the fact of, of kind of how it went, do you see yourself still on a, on a comeback trail do you feel you're, you're closer to even? Like, on the the highs and lows. If we're going back to April sixteenth, we're ever going to put that point in the on the chart there? Do you think you're extending up? You think you're below? You think you're getting back to even? Where do we stand? Yeah, now?
2: personally, I think it's. I'm on. on I'm like on an upward, um, because I'm able to look back, uh, able to like be in a better place to look back and say okay, here's where I was and here's the things that I had to put in place to like almost get back to where I was before the pandemic happened. Um, again, I don't know anybody else's, or everybody else's story as a business owner, but we you, you were faced with, I've put eight years of my life into this and I don't know what's going to happen. And navigating the, well, I had to take on loans from the government and I got to pay those back at some point in time. Um, yeah, so it's like, uh, but I do feel like I'm, 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 a, I'm on the upswing. And uh, with the business, well, with Urban Street Window Works, um, so I have Urban Street Window Works, I have Luck Street Window Cleaning, which is, which is a residential window cleaning. Um, looking at purchasing another business, small business right, right now. So, uh, I'm definitely like entrenched. I'm a small business guy and I love small business owners and I want small business. I want everybody, if they want to and can be a small business owner, because I think there's a million benefits, uh, to it. But there are some difficult things. And one of the difficult things is if everybody else goes away, I have to do it, I have to do it all. That was November, uh, and I'm yeah. just starting to get out of it. But November was, of just last month, was the hardest month of the whole beginning of the pandemic to now, which we're still, you know, navigating. Um, yeah, so, but I, I, I'm positive, I'm encouraged, and I'm just trying to figure out, okay, how do we navigate forward? What are the things we could do? I'm more focused on like, what's the best thing for Urban Street Windowworks. and I I can step back and look at it objectively. I think, and say this is a great business. Can it be even better if it was under somebody else's leadership, or if I you know hire on? So you know, just I'm at that point right now. I'm really trying to to figure out what's the next step for me.
1: And you talked about in, no, in November, and I think you kind of alluded to it and we don't have to dive, you know, super deep into the specifics though, but, uh, you know, staffing, yeah. you know, trying to recruit, trying to get people in there. Um, you know, the great resignation is, is kind of the term that's out there and there's a variety of different uh, perspectives people kind of have on it. Um, and so I'll ask in this way because we're not a, you know, a political podcast, a societal <laughs> podcast or anything like that. But, you know, like what, what has been the biggest change you've seen Right like like what is something that you know what this used to be something that would net a lot of candidates or bring people in and, and just doesn't seem to kind of be working like what what is give me like the first hand account of why or or how it's been so hard to find people
2: Yeah, I'm not quite sure why and I and I can't put myself in somebody else's shoes who Yeah. um like who's looking for a job or who's not looking for a job, who had a job that they're like, I don't want to go back to that. Uh, And I don't really necessarily need to go back to something right now. So I can wait a little bit. Um, But I think it's the same. I, I don't think anything's changed in terms of like caring for people and, and helping them, especially like with my business. I don't think, especially the way we do it, we ride cargo bikes in Chicago, so I get a I get a lot of younger people, uh, yeah. late teens, early twenties, who are just looking for a job. So I don't think my dev- demographic for my window cleaners is going to be cleaning windows in twenty years, thirty years. Uh, well, at least gotcha, not yeah. for my company. I always tell them, "Look, you learn how to clean clean windows." I have a nineteen year old son who works full time for my business right now. I tell them like you could go anywhere in the country and you can make a good amount of money, just cleaning windows. Right. So you've learned this skill and you've learned how to talk to people. You can go use it and then go to California. You can wash a house, you know, in the afternoon, and you could surf in the morning if you wanted to. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think again, it's just like caring for people. And right now, uh, just today, I extended two job offers to two former technicians who were with my company just uh, in the summer and they moved on to something else because it just wasn't a right fit for them. And we talked this week because I was in need and I'll take an experienced window cleaner uh, right now as a gift. And um, they're two great guys and I'm excited to have them back on the team. And I think it was getting to a point being like, what, how can we make this work for both of us? So it's getting back, back to that, you know, not taking people for granted. I, I don't think I ever did, but I think as business owners, we have to make sure that, that we're caring for our employees and understanding that they could go somewhere else or they could stay home yeah. and we can't take them for granted.
1: Yeah. I guess there's, there's a lot of, ways to kind of make a living or make an income. Like, obviously, you know, there, I don't think like a path of being a TikTok star is actually <laughs> one that's viable for less than, you know, 1% of people can do that. Um, but, you know, there is this, I think, to keep it on a positive side, and just my opinion here, kind of like you said, like, you can't speak for everybody, you can't speak for every sort of business. But this awareness of what talent can bring and and you know what they can bring to the table, I think right now maybe a bit more skewed of where you know these talented people are kind of you know showing a lot of pride and looking for very narrow specific things. But I think the evolution comes at kind of what you said is I think it's I would say not taking it for granted uh, might hit some people a little bit wrong. But I think it's more sort of understanding like hey we need to make this work for you and for yeah. us. We can't you know pay you... $10,000 an hour, right? It's not gonna work for us, but we can find a way to make sure that you feel valued <laughs> at that at extreme moment, right? And so whether it's, you know, your culture, you know, benefits you provide, you know, flexibility, scheduling, any of those sort of things. Right. And that's, while well, right now it's, it's really hard for some people to, you know, find people to kind of come to work, I think the evolution's in progress. Where now you're going to start to see it start to swing back the other way, and you're going to get really eager, talented candidates with really passionate, uh, you know, caring owners coming together. And they and like said, as you said, you want to see everybody thriving. I think once we kind of reach that intersection, is where everyone kind of starts thriving again. Right.
2: Yeah. I think that's. I think that's a benefit to employers and small business owners. Uh, it's okay for people to take a step back and reevaluate and say, what do I really want? What's really valuable to me? And then get back into the marketplace and say, here's who I want to work for. This is the type of culture I want to work for. And this is the type of work I want to do. Um, I do coaching specifically for that. (laughs) I've coached some people just to find like, what's your gifts, what's your talents, what's your skills? What do you want to be doing? Find a job that 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 marries well with that, uh, because you're going to be a benefit to your employer when you're when you're doing work that you're better you're a better fit for, and I want that for for my team as well. So, yeah.
1: I can tell you, Scott. Uh, you know, uh, I haven't checked in as much as I would have liked to from episode one, things like that. But I, I do keep an eye. I do uh, swing by the the website and things like that from time to time. Uh, and I, I can honestly say that I think you've embraced both challenges and opportunities over this past stretch uh, pretty admirably. And I am always thankful that you were able to uh, give us an honest, uh, kind of reveal yourself, kind of wear it on your sleeve there, because I really think it helps people that will listen not only to that first episode, but this episode as well. So I, I wanna thank you sincerely from all of us here at Nice Job uh, for joining us once again on the Nice Job podcast. Uh, if someone has heard this episode, heard both episodes, they wanna find out more about you, wanna connect with you, um, you know wanted to see what you're up to where should we direct them towards
2: yeah the best place for me is LinkedIn uh, so uh, LinkedIn just Scott Behrman and you'll find me on there and that's the best place to connect with me
1: and we'll have that down in the description so whether you're listening to audio only or watching on YouTube you'll be able to find Scott's LinkedIn page uh, below Scott sincerely thank you so much man it's great to catch up with you and uh, thank you for uh, closing out season three here on the Nice Job Podcast
2: <laughs> well thank you for the opportunity Sean I really appreciate it